0: Hey everybody, this is Troy Mangum. Welcome to The Kindling Fire. Did you know your life is a message that God is wanting to communicate to the world? Every episode, I get to interview friends of mine, people that I think are awesome, whose life is communicating a message that needs to get out to the world. Thank you for joining. Hey, we've just jumped into the second part Of Scott and Sherry Jennings story if you miss the first part rewind listen to the first one you won't regret it and then you can jump into this one hope you enjoy it
1: hit the road and turn the radio on which was weird because I normally would listen to at the time we listen to CDs right I don't think anybody listens to CDs anymore they become the I new mean, vinyl, but... Um, I have a couple in my car, but... Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so... Are you
0: a CD kind of... Snob? Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, no, not okay. really. So, um, <laughs> normally I wouldn't listen to the radio, though. And for whatever reason, I just turned it on and started scanning through the stations, and it stopped, and I heard a guy say, if you're at the bottom of the pit that you have dug with your own two hands... And you need someone to come down in there and rescue you. Then you need to pray with me right now. And I was like, holy
2: shit. Yeah.
1: Holy crap. (laughs) This guy has been stalking me. I don't know what the story is, but that's where I am. That's where I am. And um, so this clarity comes on to me. Like I'm at a fork in the road between life and death right here. And I've been witnessing the transformation in Sherry. I've been witnessing how her countenance has been changing. How her she's been softer. She's been honestly more genuinely confident. Like she put on an air of confidence before. But now she, she would say things like, I would rail against her and ver- be verbally abusive. And she would say things like, I'm sorry you feel that way. But here's what God says about this situation, you know, and I'm like, "Holy crap, you know, how do you argue with that? You know what i mean so so uh, I've seen the change in her, and so you know one one direction is to check out this whole Jesus thing, hmm. the other direction, I know within the year I'm going to be dead, if not sooner, I know it, and so um I decided to give it a try and he led me it was like I was at the altar with this guy it was just me and him and I don't know who it was and I didn't hear his message and I don't remember if he said anything afterwards like this is blah 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 church no <laughs> recollection of that whatsoever all I remember is being led through this prayer of submission to Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life and when I got to the end of this prayer, um, a weight lifted off of me. The, the closest thing I can describe to you is like if, 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 you, if you lift weights or if you've ever been carrying something heavy for a long period of time and then you put that, that weight down, your, your muscles still think that they're carrying the heavy weight so it's your arms like lift up even though you're not carrying anything heavy anymore. I felt like I remember looking down at the seatbelt saying, wow, I'm really glad I have that on because I feel so light right now. I'm going to float out of this truck. Wow. Wow. I had been carrying the burden of shame and guilt and um, literally persecution by the enemy. He he had, had backed me into this corner that Sherry described and I was powerless and weighted down. By him, the Mm -hmm. weight of sin, the the weight of his attacks, I I just was weighted down by it all. And then all of a sudden, I was free and uh, had hope in my life for the first time in a long time. So the very next thing I remember thinking was being, you know, tears streaming down my face of joy, freedom, I think uh, to myself... Wow, if God, if this is what God is all about, if this is what Jesus can do for me, he can rescue our marriage. And I, I, I don't know how that's going to happen, but I believe it can. And um, continued on my merry way down to North Carolina. <laughs> met my sister at, at my mom's house and my brother-in-law. Again, he was a Methodist pastor at the time. And um, they called Sherry and said, because they knew what was going on. You know, my brother-in-law had said he had wanted to come up to Connecticut and take me out behind the woodshed a couple of times, you know. Um, So they were kind of privy to what was happening. So they knew what a manipulator I had become. And they didn't think that this was manipulation. It would not have been below me to say, you know, well, yeah, I accepted Jesus just to get my way. Right. Yeah. Um, And they recognized that. But... But they, all, they also recognized genuine transformation. Hmm. And um, so they called Sherry and told her. Sherry and I talked on the phone for literally probably three minutes because she was still very guarded. This is what she had been praying for, but she was understandably guarded. Mm-hmm. But we agreed to go through um, a book called The Purpose Driven Life. Back in 2004, she had read it with Mm -hmm. some of her girlfriends. She wanted me to read it at that time as well, and I refused. But we agreed to to read that together. We would read a chapter uh, each day. It's a 40-day journey, 40 chapters. And um, we would share our thoughts via email about what was written in that chapter, the scripture that was contained within, and we did that every single day. And we did that for about a week and a half, maybe two weeks. And then she agreed to talk with me on the phone every day. So we would read The Purpose Driven Life and then talk to each other about what we thought.
0: So what are you thinking? I don't mean that in a bad no, way. <laughs> no. I
2: mean, there was so much going on. There was so much to think about and consider, you know, the, the tension in me of the excitement of, oh my gosh, it's the Christian husband that that God promised me and it's Scott, you Mm -hmm. know, vacillating with, he was a really good manipulator. I mean, he was really crafty in his manipulation, but I could see the difference. I could hear the difference. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: You know, his voice was different. He was tender and kind and gentle in just his voice, the kind of kind and tender and gentle that you can't fake or manufacture, but it was just genuine. I mean, there was a genuine tenderness there. He sounded like a different person. He really did. He didn't sound like the man I had been married to. He didn't sound like the man I'd divorced.
1: Yeah. And and Sherry has shared with me since that, you know, one of the the factors that contributed to her being amenable to this reconciliation was I, I put it in her hands. And what I mean by that is, she set the boundaries. So if she only wanted to communicate via email, absolutely, totally understand, honey. That's great. Let's email for a week. Or let's email. I didn't know how long. You know, let's only, when we talk on the phone, let's only talk about what we read in The Purpose of Urban Life. Absolutely. You set the boundaries, honey. I will adhere to them. Hmm. You know, and allowed her to say, this is how far I'm ready for you to come in this reconciliation. And me adhering to those boundaries spoke volumes to her. Hmm. Um, and so uh, we continued on that journey for, um, it, we got about three, maybe maybe four weeks in, and um, we, we both rec- recognized that God was going to reconcile our relationship. And so Sherry had been listening to a radio program called Family Life Today, uh, and it's based out of Little Rock, Arkansas, Family Life Ministries, um, Dennis and Bob Lapine, uh, maybe some of the folks listen to them. It's a great program. And they had been talking about this weekend uh, event called the Weekend to Remember, which is a weekend mm-hmm. marriage event. And um, I knew nothing about it. Sherry knew about it. But she said, you know, if we're going to do this, if we're going to pursue reconciliation, we're going to do it differently. Mm-hmm. We've been married our way. And it resulted in divorce on the day of our 14th wedding anniversary. We're not doing it that way again. So find a weekend to remember, make the arrangements, and let's go hear what God has to say about marriage. So that November of 2005, there was one in Philadelphia. So Sherry came down from Connecticut. I came up from North Carolina, and we met in the middle there and went to this weekend that really it started off by saying, here's how we break our relationships with each other and with God. And, uh, you know, the great thing is Saturday they get into now here's the hope after the brokenness, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's the larger overview, you know, and I I don't want this to sound like a commercial to the weekend for the weekend to remember, (laughs) but I will say to you, (laughs) go (laughs) to the weekend to remember. It's great. (laughs) Sherry and I still go every year now. Um, all these years later, because we we just don't ever want to go back there again, and we hear something different every time we go. But we heard God's plan and purpose for marriage, His truth, hope, and vision for it, and um, came away from that really excited about coming back together. All that being said, you know, just because now I'm this new creature in Christ. Doesn't mean that all the consequences of my previous behavior in life suddenly disappear. <laughs> you right. know, you st- and sh- that was true for Sherry too. We had stuff we still had to work through. Yeah. We took the better part of a year after that um, weekend to remember to work through these things, mm. and we sought wise counsel, uh, wise godly counsel, mm-hmm. and um, talked through a lot of really hard things. And it's a process mm. to kind of undo all of the damage that's done like it was for us. And and really some of it too is um, you, you, you've you been planting these seeds uh, for years and years and years. And, you know, we often think of planting seeds as, you know, in the context of scripture, you know, we, we sow the seeds of the gospel. Right. And, and, and that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also sow seeds that you would, rather not turn into a harvest. Um, You can sow evil seeds. You can sow negative Mm -hmm. seeds. You can sow Mm -hmm. weeds into your garden. And so part of that year was kind of dealing with some of that harvest that was popping up from seeds we had planted years before. Yeah. And praying together for crop failure on some of those seeds that we knew we're yeah. in the ground. You know, yeah. and so it was a it was a it was a lengthy process, but um you know, to, to just jump right back in, in it again, um, would have been a mistake. It would have been a mistake.
0: So so just out of curiosity, what where um were you getting any pressure from anybody to to rush it or were you pressuring or is it it was just you guys were good with the timing
2: well no actually it was the opposite people thought i was crazy
0: oh to consider
2: to consider reconciliation reason, yeah, anything yeah. with him yeah
0: and so how how did you how did you uh kind of on the back side of that year how did you kind of know that the timing was was good
1: to get back together
2: gosh i don't know there wasn't a divine sign or anything it just Hmm. that was what was next
1: we just engaged in this Hmm. process of of being transparent with one another Hmm. and you know there are things you can be transparent about right away in that context and there were things i i couldn't tell her that i had done and it for, you know, eight, nine months into the process, yeah. you know, and, and, but you we, had to
2: know it was safe. That I, I had to know it was safe to,
1: to share it with you. And, and I had to know that you were going to be okay hearing it. Mm-hmm. And there were times, you know, when I shared things with her and she was, it's okay, honey. You know, I kind of already knew about that. You know, for example, she might've heard it from someone else or whatever the circumstance might be. And there were other times where she was, her jaw kind of hit the floor and she's like, I got to go in the other room for a minute, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and pray about what I just heard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and, um, and we went back and forth, forth that way, um, for quite a while, you know, but the thing, the thing I remember early on, matter of fact, it was at the weekend I remember Friday night, after hearing all the ways that we typically break our marriages, we stayed up all night together. Um, I had, she had insisted, two separate hotel rooms. Well, I thought she said a hotel room with two separate beds. And uh, so we were in the same hotel room together, but Mm -hmm. Sherry would tell you, uh, she was a born again virgin. That's right. (laughs) There was going to be no sex until after we were remarried. She had decided that early on. So... So there was none of that going on, <laughs> but what did go on was, um, I remember sitting on the end of the bed and I was sitting behind her brushing her hair and we were just talking and, and she was sharing, honestly, she was sharing with me things I had done to hurt her because I was at times a blackout drunk. Hmm. So I didn't remember some of the things that I had done hmm. and no idea that it had ever happened. And so she'd share them with me and, and I'd apologize. And she said to me, no, you know, Scott, it's okay. I, I, you know, I've been praying for, um, you know, years for this now at this point And I've come to a place where the Holy Spirit, you know, led me to give you this blanket of forgiveness. And, that, and so you don't need to apologize for all these things. And immediately I was like, no, I need to. <laughs> I need to. Mm-hmm. I needed to take responsibility and ownership of the ways that I had hurt her mm-hmm. and then seek her forgiveness mm-hmm. and wait for her to grant it. You know, and sometimes that was immediate that she would grant forgiveness and other times it was, you know, a day or two. Um, but we had to go through that process and and she did the same. You know, it was vice versa. Yeah, um, it was so important for us to to take ownership of all the ways that we had hurt some, one another mm. so deeply. Uh, I can't emphasize that enough. And you really can only do that when you're living out of uh, a place of humility that comes not mm. from any understanding that we have of what that means, yeah. but only from an understanding of what God provides for you. Uh, in your heart mm-hmm. to, to walk in to be able to do that yeah. yeah yeah and it, please don't hear it as you know i've got it all figured out and i'm all holy and whatnot because yeah. i give her plenty of opportunities to receive um or or grant for grant forgiveness yeah. <laughs> don't we all yeah yeah
0: so so let me let's kind of um i want to jump to so i know you guys you guys have been
1: well, let me say, because okay. Okay. I often forget to say this. Yeah, I've done this before when we've had the opportunity to speak or teach. Yeah. I've, we got remarried. I often forget to say that, right? Yeah, May 5th. That is, 5th, a, yeah.
0: that is important. And we lived together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We
1: yeah. never got married. That's right. No, we did get remarried May 5th, 2007. Cinco de Miles, our anniversary, which is cool because we wear some brails and no stuff. It's fun.
2: But, um, <laughs> so don't.
1: But uh, But yeah, so, so, so right after, really shortly after we got remarried, we found a church um, near our hometown and they were doing this cool thing. Called a cardboard testimony. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, yeah, so Which I forgot to say that we got remarried, but I also forgot to say, um, you know, you may be wondering, how does this now? Okay, so are you still a functional alcoholic? What's the story with your drinking and <laughs> and right addictions and all that stuff? So, in the truck, um, when I surrendered to Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I I really firmly believe. Um, knowing what I know about addiction now, I firmly believe that I, I was healed from two things in that moment. The first one being, when when you are an addict, uh, and it doesn't matter what you're addicted to, whether it's substances or whether it's pornography or whatever it is, gambling, there are neural pathways that get rewired in your brain that... It's, it's almost like ruts are formed hmm. and you it's have a to, to look at it. Yeah. And and you have to go, the, the ruts get deeper and deeper and deeper, but mm-hmm. you have to continue this behavior to get and escalate the behavior to get the same high each time. So I believe I was healed physiologically from that in that moment. The other thing that God provided in that moment was healing from the, the stranglehold that post-traumatic stress had on me. So the hallucinations stopped.
0: Hmm.
1: Now, I will say, I still don't like loud noises when they're unexpected. I still don't like sitting with my back to the door in a room. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's things, you know, I still have a little bit of a twitch when I'm sitting still. Like, I have a hard time sitting still. So there's, it's still a bit of a thorn thorn in my side, but it does not own me. Yeah. Like it did. Yeah. And so you know, that's September 21st of this year will be 12 years of sobriety.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's That's powerful.
1: Yeah. Well, and and again, you know, it's... I was self-medicating. Yeah. And so if you remove what it is that you're medicating, the the malady that you're medicating, Hmm. then you have no need for the medication anymore. If that makes sense. Yeah,
0: that makes total sense. Yeah. So you guys... Are back together, together yeah, wearing sombreros, right, on our
1: anniversary. Yeah, <laughs> so much fun,
0: yeah. And, and then, kind of, what you you talked about uh, cardboard testimonies.
1: Yeah, so um, we found this really cool church near us in North Carolina, um, where we ended up sell. We sold the house in Connecticut. Sherry and our son Stephen moved down. We after we got remarried, we got this house, and so we found this cool church. And this opportunity to do a cardboard testimony. Now, if you don't know what a cardboard testimony is, you get a piece of cardboard that's about you know three feet wide by two feet tall, and on one side of the piece of cardboard you write your life before Jesus, and on the other side, the flip side, after Jesus. So the before side on my piece of cardboard said alcoholic adulterer. And on Sherry's, it said uh, controlling and disrespectful. And disrespectful. And then when you put our two pieces of cardboard together, it's spelled divorced across the bottom. And when you flip our cardboard over to the after Jesus side, it said sober, devoted. And it said submitted and honoring and remarried across the bottom. So that's the that's first cool. way we ever shared our testimony. So lots of other people up there sharing their stories as well as the, the miraculous things that Jesus had yeah. done for them. Yeah. So we're standing up there after the service um, with those other folks. And the service ends with us still standing up there. And I see these two people get up in the back of the room and they lock eyeballs with me. And they come basically almost running down the <laughs> aisle. And I know, I don't know what I'm in for here, but I'm in for something. You know, I don't know <laughs> what they're coming up here to tell me. You know, it could be any number of things. Um, but they came up to us and they said, you know, we are nowhere near as jacked up as the two of you were. Tell us how God brought you back together.
0: Hmm. Wow.
1: And that's how our ministry started. Yeah. Um, we just shared the story of what God did in more, in more detail. Yeah. We shared what he led us to do in the context of our reconciliation. And we shared what we had learned in, in the context of God's truth, hope, and vision for marriage. Yeah. And that's how our ministry started. And that's we just wild. kept doing that. We started teaching classes at the church, came up with a proposal. Here's this formal marriage ministry at the church. And and um, the pastor was thrilled to, to let us, you know, run with that with um, yeah. his oversight. And so we did. And um, God has really, really increased our platform. And then... In 2010, uh, I got asked to come on staff at the church as the pastor of marriage and family life. Wow. Um, Less than five years after Sherry and I had divorced and I came to Jesus. And so um, what that really turned into for me was a counseling role, a teaching role, you know, but also a counseling role where I would sit down with couples and they would tell me, What was going on in their relationship, and I would say, okay, well, here's what the word of God has to say about that.
0: So you're also, um, you guys are also somehow got involved in family life.
1: Yeah, so um, we volunteer on the uh, Weekend to Remember team uh, when there was a Weekend to Remember in Raleigh. As a matter of fact, it, it just it went away for a while. It's coming back this fall okay in 2017 to the Raleigh area
2: right and that happened because when we moved down to north carolina we decided we never wanted to go back to the broken places that we were
0: physically go back to
2: right and so we wanted to do this we can remember every year to keep it fresh to keep yeah that at the forefront because mm-hmm. we can't help others if we if our don't relationship stay is not healthy yeah and when we were there and we saw the opportunity to be part of something bigger to help more people to be part of the Weekend Remember team, I mean, how could we not do that and impact the entire state of North Carolina? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So we yep.
2: stepped into serving on that team.
1: We did. And then uh, in 2011, Family Life developed a, uh, a study called the Art of Marriage, mm-hmm. which is a video event, six-session video event. And um, we took that and ran with it mm-hmm. and had the opportunity to go to a number of different churches and organizations um, we've done 40 of some of them now. Um, wow. We did one on a cruise ship called the Art of Marriage at Sea. It was fun. So we got to, to really facilitate those events and spread this message even further. And so Family Life kind of saw us in that capacity um, in 2012. Uh, we had done 10 of them by then, I think. And um, so they asked us to be on their radio program, Family Life Today. Yeah, And so we got to share our story there and, and how neat. they impacted our lives. yeah. Um, and so um, so we continued in this role at church yeah. and uh, as men's ministry leader, Sherry's the women's le- ministry leader, mm-hmm. pastor of marriage and family life, doing counseling and teaching. And um, in 2008, so that's going back a little bit, I went on staff in 2010, but in 2008 I was invited to a weekend called Top Gun. By a friend of mine at Family Life, actually Keith Tully's his name, and uh, I went to this weekend Top Gun that's put on by Zoe. Yeah, and um, heard this message. Of and that's how we know orientation. Each other. Yeah, that's yeah. how we met. <laughs> this message of orientation, knowing who you are, where you are, the good God's up to in your life, and stayed in that message throughout all these years, um, starting in two thousand eight through two thousand and sixteen um, when I was still on staff at the church. So what began to happen in the context of my counseling and and meeting and teaching with people was be I, be, I began to recognize that you you've got to go deeper than just, you know, here's 10 ways to have a great marriage, you know, and or here's what the Bible says about how you should be married and mm-hmm. and what God says about being married. Because if there's something in the way in your heart, some kind of woundedness, um, some kind of damage, something that is keeping you from being able to do those things that we describe as, you know, God's plan for marriage. Well, then you might be able to pull it off for a little while as a husband or wife, but it's like spackling a crack in the wall. The crack is just going to open up again because what you've got is a foundational issue. You've got to deal with the foundational issue if you want to, Fix the crack in the wall.
0: That, now, that now I will make a comment here is that I've been, um, like you, exposed to a lot of teaching, right? This is what the Bible says. This is what the expectation is. But I just would fail time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't until I started dealing with this whole failure pattern is has to do with how I've been broken and not really address that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, why doesn't this work? You know, mm-hmm. two plus two is supposed to equal four. The Bible says it's so, right? <laughs> yeah. The Bible exactly. says it should work. Exactly. That's yeah, it's what I'm supposed to do. And so, yeah. try harder. Right. Try harder. Try harder. Ask forgiveness. Try harder. Ask forgiveness. Try harder. And it just wouldn't, it wouldn't, wouldn't stick. And and uh, not that that's not I, I, knowing what the Bible says about marriage and what to do is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. It's just that for some. There's a pathway there, I think, that's more healing-related before you can really step into it. Yeah. Um, at least that's been my experience.
1: Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am I'm, kind of uh, describe myself as a word picture guy. I like word pictures. It helps me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't mean I like books with a lot of pictures in them. Mm-hmm. Um, you but like up the I mean? pop-up word picture? <laughs> yeah, I like a pop up <laughs> yeah, the pop-up book. Yeah, the illustrated Bible is my favorite right? <laughs> No, but um, what, what I mean by that is it, it just helps me if I can describe what we're talking about in this sort of imagery. And what I think of is the image of a cross. Hmm. Um, and and if, the, if the vertical part of the cross is not solidly planted, not perfectly, right? I'm not talking about, like you said, trying harder, working harder, being better, making it happen, I'm just talking about vertical. If that vertical relationship is not there and you're not pursuing for that vertical part to be plumb and level, you know, then what happens to the horizontal part that's supposed to hang on the vertical part of the cross? It's out of kilter too. So if, you're, if, the, if your vertical relationship with God is not something that you are actively pursuing, not just actively pursuing it in the sense of do more, serve more, try harder, but in the sense of, God, I want to know you more intimately. I want to know that you love me. I want to know that you like me. I want to know that you see me and that you like what you see. I want to understand, God, the vows and agreements that I've made in my heart Mm -hmm. about you and other people that are now getting in the way of me being loved or loving, mm-hmm. I, I want to unpack all that God and get this vertical relationship where it needs to be so that then I can love the people next to me. Yeah. I can love the people on the horizontal plane. Now I know who I am, where I am and the good that God's up to in my life. And I know that I am a beloved son of God mm. treasured unlike anyone can imagine. Then I can love my wife. Then I can Will. love my friends. Yeah. Then I can, then I can understand how to execute God's plan for marriage because there isn't this stuff in the way, and it's not like you just you get to this point where you're finished either, right? Right. I mean, yeah, it's all a
0: process. It just yeah, it's a perpetual. Is, I mean, the churchy growth. word is
1: sanctification. We all know that, yeah. right? But what we're what we're really talking about this constant journey, yeah, of Knowing myself and what's going on in my heart deeper and deeper. And and these, these packages I've signed for some of them, I should have some of them, I shouldn't, Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, and getting rid of those things and getting rid of what's in the way of me being loved and being able to love others.
0: Yeah. That's so good. So Sherry, is there a female version of that? (laughs) Is that true for women too?
2: Yes, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What he said.
1: Yeah. <laughs> do Do you
0: see that in Did you see that in y'all's counseling that you saw that there was?
2: Well, and I think I'd seen it during the time we're living apart. That in that time where he was living with his girlfriend, God and I had an awful lot of journeying to do, for my own heart. You know. Not as I don't want to say not as much as we're doing now. Not so much going back into my past and understanding what made me the way that I... Why did I treat him so disrespectfully? I don't know that we uncovered the whys at that point. Mm. But certainly the changing countenance and understanding that in order for our marriage to change, I had to change. Mm. So, yeah, the more recent journey since going to the Deepening Weekend by Zoe has helped me to understand... You know, why did I arrange for my own love by needing to control everything around me? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Why was I, you know, disrespectful? You know, what was that about? So definitely, you know, pursuing that, or not even pursuing, but allowing myself the time and space for that intimacy with God first. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Knowing that that was the only way that I was going to be healed and be more free to be able to love Scott well.
1: Yeah, I remember um, you said something there about focusing on yourself. I, I remember um, when I sort of woke up to that and, and recognized um, in, in the context of our, our relationship and then in the context of, of counseling others, you know, it, people would recommend me as a counselor uh, inside and outside the church and they would say, now you should go talk to Scott. But he's going to make you mad, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because I would say things like, you know, if I would sit down with a guy one on one and, you know, inevitably when you're going through issues in your marriage, typically what happens is they sit down and they talk to me about how broken their wife is. And how all of her stuff is creating all the problems in their marriage. And what I would say to them is, you know, you are the only one that can change you and your wife is the only one that can change your wife. So the sooner you quit trying to focus on her problems being the source of the problems in your marriage and, and you turn that back around and look at yourself. Hmm. You know, Every time you point a finger at somebody, you got four fingers pointing back at you. Mm-hmm. Really, you, that's the key is to look inward. In, in in the context of any relationship, and I'm not talking just about marriage.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, um, I look at my own life and relationship with, with people, some of the people in my life that I used to be close with that I'm not anymore. And I, I got to look at what I'm responsible for in the right. context of that distance. Mm-hmm. And I am the only, I can't change someone else. I cannot make them change. No matter what your mamas tell you, ladies, you, you, when you marry your husband and you're engaged to him, and you think, "Well, after we're married, I'll change that in him," <laughs> that's not true. That doesn't happen. It it it's not going to work, because you can't change someone else. You can't make them do something differently. You can't make them change an attribute. All you can do is focus on yourself, changing your own countenance and and the way that you interact with that person. And that may or may not result in a change in their behavior or their countenance. But it's so crucial to come to that place where you understand, you know, I've got to look at me. I've got to accept responsibility and culpability for, for my part. Yeah. So... Um, that's really, you know, when we got to that place in, in our counseling sessions with others mm-hmm. is when we, we really started to recognize that we might be headed in a different direction in the context of ministry. Mm-hmm. And so when when mm-hmm. I would say, you know, to a guy, yeah, I'm not going to tell you, you know, the 10 steps to having a great marriage. I'm not even going to go into what the Bible says about it. We got to deal with some heart issues that you're wrestling with mm. before we even start talking about your marriage. And that's that vertical relationship I was referring to. So I shared that one day with um, our mutual friend, yeah. Michael Thompson. Yeah. And, uh, and he was, was, uh, is the founder of with his wife, Robin, of Zoe Ministries. Right. And uh, <clears throat> he, in that, that context of that conversation, when I said that to him, uh, when I shared with him that I believe that the heart issue is more important than, you know, how to be married. Um, he 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 t- tells the story now that that's when he knew that Sherry and I were, you know, potentially going to be part of the Zoe team as it expanded. And so yeah. we had that conversation and in uh, early 2016 and, um, by July of last year, we had left the church yeah. uh, as staff members, and we are now entering into the full-time mission field um, with Zoe. And yeah. we've been on that journey of being a missionary and taking that faith step <laughs> of, you know, leaving your job. And, yeah, yeah you know, it's been a really, really cool faith journey that we're still in the middle of. Um, so So yeah. you
0: guys get to... As a part of that, you got obviously there's the men's retreat, there's a women's retreat, and what other things they got going on as well?
1: Yeah, so um, the men's retreat, the women's retreat, you know the the weekends, the you know the men's uh, encounters, initiatives, you know, um, if you're if you're listening, you're think oh, oh another men's retreat. I know what Christian men's retreats are. like. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. This is not like that. (laughs) Whatever it is you're thinking of when you hear a Christian men retreat, it's not like that. Well,
0: Um, and and let me interrupt you and say that um, I know Kathy's been to to the women's retreat. Obviously, you've been. Do you think it's similar to what you've experienced in women's retreats?
2: No. No. What's different about it? Well, it's funny. The first time I went, I was so angry. I sat there listening and just got more and more angry as the weekend went on. Because I'm like, why... Did no one tell me this? How come I'm 30-something years old and this is the first time I'm hearing this? Mm. This would have changed everything. And that anger slowly transformed into, I've got to tell every woman I know about this. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I really do. Because this changes everything. And that just really set me on a mission Mm. of bringing women back with me every year. You know, the first year I went and I heard the message. I had brought 12 women. The next year I brought one. The following year I brought 50. (laughs) And then, you know, two years ago I brought 120. I mean, last year it was only 50, but... Gosh, Only 50 We always that.
0: That's so many cheap. women.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but women, so we so need to hear this. And we so Now, need...
0: define this because I mean, right, I'm, I'm, getting I'm, I'm, yeah, I I'm did yeah. a list I was like, somebody's going to be like, what is this? Right. What, <laughs> what are, 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 are they talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we
2: so. Go ahead. We so need the opportunity to unplug from everything. Yeah to step away from being called mom and honey and all that and just get away with God. Yeah. Just hear our core desires of our heart. Learn what makes us tick. Learn learn what we think we know, what we believe about God and what we believe mm. about ourselves and asking him what the truth is. Relearn it. Yeah. That's
0: what I'm hearing. Yeah.
2: Relearn.
1: And for some, I think it's an opportunity to to deepen that understanding. Mm-hmm. I think um, you know when I first went to the men's weekend, and the, and the men's weekend and the women's weekend are honestly pretty similar. There are specific ways that the enemy comes against women and men, and you know in different ways. Yeah. But the larger story that we're all in, the 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 epic battle that we're in the middle of, there the two. There's two trinities that war over our heart, the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the unholy trinity, Satan, the world, and the, world and the flesh. And they both want property and ownership of our hearts. And it, gender doesn't matter in that context. Yeah. The way he comes against us and the way that we make vows and agreements and the ways that we're wounded, that's different from men to women. You know, and, and the ways that, that Jesus comes to rescue us and ransom us and redeem us and uh, uh, restore us to himself. I mean, that's different, the way that he pursues us yeah. in that context. But really, that, that weekend is about being awakened to this story of orientation, knowing who you are, yeah. beloved son, beloved daughter, where you are you know, in this epic battle. Um, that's taking place primarily in the spiritual realm, but also in the physical. And then the being able to recognize the good that God's up to in your life. So even in the midst of very difficult circumstances, like your husband's having an affair and drunk all the time, you know, that God is up to something with this and he's Mm -hmm. working things out in you that he couldn't work out in any other way. And so then coming back and deepening that relationship and spending that time so so many people have have come to me and said, "Yeah, the weekend was great for me this time when they go back, just because I needed that quiet time alone with him, mm-hmm. you know and it provides the weekend provides that opportunity of you know the the cell your cell phones don't really work at the camp at mm-hmm. where we go, yeah, you know so." True. <clears throat> so
0: well, they give time, what a you for that. That was what was so different. It was like
2: after every... Mm-hmm. After
1: every session. Every
2: session you had yeah. time to really like... Time alone about. with
1: God, yeah.
2: Because as women, don't we so often bring our questions to our girlfriends? Yeah.
1: or husbands. To our
2: husbands, to our yeah. children, to our coworkers, But taking these questions about God and about ourselves mm-hmm. to God and letting the one who made us, the one who loves us, answer that. Mm-hmm.
1: What a different what a different it's response serious. to when you bring that question which every woman and every man d- does as well do you see me mm-hmm. and do you like what you see yeah when you bring that question to god you know you get a very different response mm-hmm. unless there's things in the way of you being able to hear his Clearly. response yeah and then i would say you've brought that question to people who have hurt you, wounded you in the context of that question. Yeah. -hmm. And so then being able to unpack the things that are in the way of you being able to hear that from God. So, so yeah, the,
0: the, and there's a couple strategies too.
1: Yeah. Rendezvous weekend, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a, um, the prerequisite, the only prerequisite really for that is that you've been to the weekend for the men or for the women. Yeah. Because if you kind of stepped into rendezvous without having gone to the men's or the women's weekend, you would really be lost uh, in terms of what we were talking about, but yeah, that's um, it's getting harder and harder to get into rendezvous because it's pretty small, and it, yeah. it sells out pretty quickly. but um so okay. let me okay. just
0: say that we we went and we like I said, um, you know getting ready for this, so you said that we've done a lot of marriage stuff and and that was a refreshing, relaxing, uh, positive experience. I mean, it wasn't about, all right, we're all together now let's all right men on the left side you're not doing this right women on the right side you're not doing this right let me repeat yeah. not right not right yeah. go fix it
1: <laughs> hi <laughs> it was, i'm scott and i'm uh, a bad husband yeah exactly. hi, scott yeah, you know all that. I mean. yeah it was <laughs> like an it, aa meeting
0: yeah it was um it was all about sort of uh god had a idea in mind when he brought you together yeah and there's something glorious about you guys being together why don't you discover that it was so fun it was, it was like wow that's a totally different paradigm than here's here's what it is here's how you don't measure up you know come up to the mic and you know yeah (laughs) and additionally
2: here's how your stories and your glories and things that come against you individually yeah can come against each other Mm -hmm. like scott mentioned yeah you know the way he arranged for love was if you need me you love me right and for me it was i don't need anybody so, can you imagine what that looks like in a marriage? Mm-hmm. You've got a yeah. man who needs to do for you to be...
1: To arrange for his own love. Right. Yeah. And With then the wife hu- who doesn't yeah. need anything. The wife who need, doesn't need love, doesn't need anything.
2: It's a formula for disaster.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, that, and God kind of... You know, Satan's that's kind of Satanic's plan. Yeah. Right? Satan's plan. And then coming God kind of coming to redeem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have that's to have so eyes good. you see it. Yeah.
1: Ears to hear. And a heart that's engaged. Yeah. Yeah. So...
0: I think I want to wrap it up, yeah. but uh, this has been so good. Thank you so yeah. much. It's
1: been, it has been Wait, good. It's I been fun. Wait, I just
2: want to mention two more things? Yeah, go ahead. Can you mention two more things? Yeah, absolutely. The book, The Heart of a Warrior. Oh, yeah. For men, which is incredible. And Scott, or you can talk about that. But <laughs> I read it too because it really helped me to understand not just my husband's heart and what makes him tick as a man, but our son. Because, mm. mm. you know, we think of our sons as little boys. And our babies, but really they're men. They're men in training. They're men who are rehearsing to be men. And so reading that book helped me to understand that the core desires of my husband's heart and my son's heart are very similar. And so learning how to speak yeah, to that's both good. of them. That's and good. then you version.
1: Yeah. So we had the opportunity earlier this year to write a couple of devotional plans. Right for U version. So if you've got the U version Bible app on your phone, yeah, uh, I would. If you don't have it, definitely look it up. You know, check it out. But if you do have it, just pull up the the plans, devotional plans, and search for Zoe Z O W E H, and and all of our devotional plans will pop up there.
0: Yeah, and this is particularly might be interesting to younger people who yeah. don't want to go read a book. This is a very quick way to get some powerful material. <laughs> yeah, uh, right on your phone in a devotional way. So, yeah, so yeah, the 14
1: good... day the 14 day devotional, mm-hmm. you know the book has 14 chapters. you know we took each chapter and condensed it down to about yeah. 600 words. So yeah, you can yeah, hopefully it'll inspire you to read the book mm-hmm. and go a little bit deeper but yeah yeah, um, yeah yeah, it's a great place to start.
0: That's awesome. And uh, thank you, Kathy. <laughs> she's she's here bundled up in a blanket because we're in a. Yeah. It was like a meat locker. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Thank you, guys. So,
1: I mean, man, you know, if, if somebody wants to know more about the men's weekend, the women's weekend, oh, yeah. you know, um, rendezvous. Um, I'm going to have
0: links all in the materials. So, okay, great. But it's zoe.org. Yeah, zoe. Z, Z- O W E H dot O-R-G. ORG that's right and you'll find all the retreats and all this stuff and there's a I will provide a special link cuz there's something called Team Jennings yes uh, which means uh you guys can you can get behind you guys and and yeah. kind of be a part of partnering with you to change lives
1: yeah man we're uh we're excited about like I said the missionary journey we're on the support raising journey right yeah. now we're yeah. we're almost there and so they if anybody the RV, is the
0: RV and everything, yeah, yeah. man, that's right. He has missionaries,
1: that's right. The missionary life, <laughs> that's right. But uh, but you know, if, if if just speaking to your listeners now, yeah, if yeah. anybody's been inspired or helped by us sharing our testimony, yep. you know, you can be a part of reaching more and more people way beyond people that you might not ever even know yeah. by being a part of our team. So we, we'd love to, to have well, them do that.
0: And I'll wrap it up by saying I had you guys on here because you guys are anointed for couples. You just are. There's so much fruit that God, I mean what Satan meant for evil, mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. is redeemed and God yeah. is using it for good. Yeah. And which just is awesome because he <laughs> gets it to Satan, but it's also awesome because he's redeeming so many couples so
1: yeah well thanks for having us man it was fun appreciate
0: you hey guys i hope you enjoyed the podcast hey we're just getting started out so any help you can provide to share it with your friends would be great uh we just kicked off a facebook page uh the kindling fire podcast and uh just any episodes that you like uh share it with your friends and um If you'd like to reach out to us, you can reach us at thekindlingfire at gmail.com. Or if you'd like any more information about myself or some of the things that I write, you can go to troyandkathy.com.